0: and he's streaking down the near sideline he's at the 40 he's at the 30 he's at the 20 he's gonna go a pick six for the maniac kenny moore gets to deshaun watson that's a sack for kenny moore kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game horseshoe is back baby the horseshoe is back How's it going Colts nation? Welcome back to the bring the juice podcast. We are your co hosts Derek Larger and Cody Felger and today we're going to be breaking down the 2020 Colts draft class and we're going to be talking to you guys. It's going to be a little different this time than the other three draft classes that we have discussed this time. We're not going to make a worst to best based off of production. We can't do that right now because it's the offseason and that draft just happened. So what we're going to do is we're going to rank these as our least favorite to our most favorite draft pick. So that's how we're going to do this one because we want to just have uh, some... And that's where it might create some different um, some different kind of moods for everyone, right? I mean, because some people might like a certain pick more than the other. So it's a different perspective on this one. So I'm going to go first on this because I always have Cody go first here. Um, I'm going to go with my least favorite pick pick out of this whole draft, this 2020 draft for the Colts. And my first guy is going to be Robert Windsor. Now, the only reason that I say Robert Windsor in this situation is due to the fact that I think his ability to help this team is very limited at this moment. You know, we obviously added so many defensive linemen, this off season. And now we have a defensive tackle group that is near filled already. You know, Robert Windsor just going to have a difficult time finding anywhere to get any time in. And, you know, he can't, he's not very flexible. There's not a whole lot of different places you can actually put him at least not right now. So ultimately I just think, you know, it's a very limited pick. You just don't know what you're going to get out of him completely. So, That's ultimately why Robert Windsor is my least favorite pick of this 2020 draft. Cody, who's yours?
1: Yeah, it's Robert Windsor as well. Yeah, for the reasons you just stated, Derek, I just don't know if there's a place on this roster for Robert Windsor. Now, who knows? Maybe he's a practice squad type of guy. But, you know, like you said, the investment that the Colts have made in the free agency at that defensive interior, I mean, that just speaks volumes to – how bad they felt that defensive interior, especially that three technique played last year, their biggest weakness, undoubtedly. Um, but I look at a guy like Win Windsor who started out at Penn state as a nose tackle, he lost like 20 or 30 pounds. Then he shifted over to the three technique. And I kind of look at that three technique and I kind of say, Oh, obviously you traded for DeForest Buckner. That was essentially your first round pick. But then, you know, you added, you know, you added, um, Sheldon Day, who's probably going to play the one technique. Danico Autry played that three technique last year. He's probably behind a home at that backup three technique. And Grover Stewart's still there at that one technique. So, you know, you have four defensive linemen there. He's probably going to be the fifth defensive lineman. I just don't know, unless he can play some defensive end or something, or unless Danico Autry goes out and plays more end, I just don't know where Windsor fits on this 53-man roster. And I felt like, you know, there are some other positions that you probably could have addressed and probably should have addressed that would give the, you know, this pick more of a chance to to potentially make that final 53 man roster. But who knows? Obviously it's still early. We haven't seen these guys, these rookies in training camp or even in OTAs. Um, so it'll be completely different. Maybe winter's a guy that completely shocks the world and is just absolutely incredible. And the Colts have no choice, but to keep him on their 53 man. I don't know, but overall for me, at least right now, I don't like this pick just simply because I feel like there was other positions you could address. So totally get you there. Um, and then, gotcha. then I guess the next guy, um, on, on my list here, probably be Desmond Patman by for Washington state. He was a six round pick. He was a slew of three back to back to back picks that the Colts made in the sixth round, um, big body guy, So I really like that. I just think, you know, your wide receiver position is just so full. I don't know if he's going to make that final 53-man roster as well. It's kind of similar there um, to Robert Windsor. Um, but I feel like this guy has, you know, more of the physical tools than Windsor kind of does. You know, similar, give me those similar vibes to EJ Speed, Marvell Tell, those type of guys. You know, the, the later round guys that have the physical tools kind of coming out of smaller schools out of Washington State. Um, but I just have him here simply because I just don't know if he's gonna make much of an impact. I don't really know if he's play play special teams. Um, but, you know, a big body wide receiver. So he may may challenge, you know, for that fifth wide receiver spot or even if the Colts decide to keep six guys on um, whatever they do there. I just think, you know, early impact. I just don't see him making much of one. And so that's why that's why I have him there as the second. My second least favorite guy of this 2020 draft. Derek, who do you have?
0: Yeah, um, I, I'm going with Patman as well uh, for obviously the reasons that you mentioned, and I was upset because, you know, KJ Hill was there and I wanted KJ Hill and I, I, I was saying it throughout all the freaking sixth round that for some odd reason, KJ Hill kept falling. When we went with Desmond Patman. Like I understand the receiver class was something that we needed to address and we did in this drafts for sure, but I mean, I just felt we could have had a different option there, but, um, you know, again, Desmond Patman, we just don't know what we're going to exactly get out of him right away, whether or not he's actually going to make the receiver group at all. Um, might have to start on the practice squad. So I don't necessarily know there, but, uh, my number three guy that I'm going to go with is, uh, Jordan Glasgow. Um, just because I do actually like the prospect of this, Uh, Glasgow is a guy that, you know, you can put in a multitude of different ways on defense and he's obviously a defense or a special teams guy. So obviously, you know, Ballard loves that and Frank Reich loves that. So it's no wonder going with a guy like Jordan Glasgow at this spot makes total sense for them. But you know, I, I just think he's he might be a little limited in how he affects NFL uh, playmakers. So I'm, I'm just, again just another one that you know we're just gonna have to see what he does in special teams to see if he can earn a spot. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going with Glasgow too. Yeah, he's just a guy like he's gonna be probably he's probably gonna make this roster just because he's a special teams ace. he could be one of those best special teams players even this year. Like he's just he's really really good at that. Um, but I don't just see – I just don't see him making much of an impact, like, on the actual defense. Um, so, yeah, that, that makes sense, I think, for me. Having him there, it's not like we dislike the pick. It's just kind of like that's kind of where we are in in terms of that. Um, okay, for my next guy then, I'll probably go Isaiah Rogers. Um, I do like this pick, though. I really do. Uh, it just was sad for me to see Quincy Wilson go. It just is a bummer to watch that. But Rogers can kind of give you a few things. I just think uh, the biggest thing for me is just the height. You know, he's just not very a very tall corner, which no slant on him. He seems like he he knows how to make plays. He made a lot of plays at UMass. But um, he can offer you some some help similar to Glasgow, but he can more help in the return game. Um, and I think it's kind of funny because Chester Rogers. <laughs> Another Rodgers guy is not coming back to the Colts, and so they may replace the Rodgers with the Rodgers there. Um, so he can certainly help there. I think he has a chance, certainly, to make that final 53 man roster. Um, but, you know, I felt like also corner was a position that you addressed a lot already um, in free agency. So, you know, I kind of felt like, yeah, you know, he, he may make the 53 man roster. He'll probably, if he does, his bread and butter will probably have to be as a return specialist or just a special teams gunner or something along those lines. So that's why I have him here, but I do like this pick, especially in the sixth round. I think it could potentially be a steal that the Colts have there. Um, Who do you have Derek?
0: So, um, just because this is what I'm thinking for this year. Um, just for simply this year and this year only, I'm not going to say this is for the future for per se, but I'm going to go with, Danny Pinter on this one, just for the simple fact that I I don't again, Danny Pinter is not going to start. He's not going to play unless somebody gets injured. Right. And I just think Isaiah Rogers on special teams can provide you some more options there. And not to mention, yeah, Isaiah Rogers is small, but I mean, Danny Pinter is as well for somebody at his uh, position. So, I mean, Isaiah Rogers also has freakish athletic ability that just is unmatched by a lot of people so i i like what i can potentially see in rogers more than anything else um so that's why i would put danny pinter there and then i would go isaiah rogers um that's how i would go. I just flip uh i would just go danny pinter before isaiah but after isaiah who who is next for you cody
1: yeah. Then it is Danny Pinter for me as well. Um, a little bit undersized type of guy, but I feel like you needed to add some depth, especially at the interior. You know, you brought back a Clark. So you have to think you at least have a sort of experienced guy at that backup tackle position, but the interior, I mean, you didn't really have anybody. You lost two of your main backup interior guys and felt like you need to add some more there. I felt like that was one of the bigger needs on this Colts team. Um, so, yeah, for me, I think Danny Pinter, I like this pick. I think it's a good depth pick, at least for year one. Who yeah. knows? Maybe he could challenge for that guard spot next year. Um, you know, really, depending on the future of what happens with Mark Lewinsky, that's just going to hinge on kind of Danny Pinter and how they address the offensive line You know, in the next few years. But I certainly think he has potential fringe starter backup potential here. And I think he's a guy that could similar be kind of similar to a Joe Haig you know, where he can play multiple positions. You know, he played tackle in college at ball state and now the Colts see him more as a guard center type of guy. So he's going to have experience at all the positions, which I think is very invaluable for, you know, just an offensive lineman in general. And so, yeah, for me, I'm I'm probably going to go Danny Pinter there as well. And then this, this is going to be interesting. This is where we get a little bit more into kind of the dicey type picks, you know, kind of the, controversial if you will type of type of selections and in our in our personal favorites i think for me i'm probably going to go julian blackman here um, because you know that i feel like he coming off an acl injury i don't because we saw with the last safety that the colts drafted malik hooker uh in 2017 you know he had an acl injury and he just he hasn't been i feel like what we saw in 2017 um yeah, for me that that's who I have there.
0: All right, so he had uh, Blackman at four. I'm actually going to agree with you uh, with Blackman because again, like I en- I enjoy the pick, I really do. I just think that you know, again, with that ACL injury, you have um you have those issues. You have the wonders, um, and, and who knows what's going to happen with Malik Hooker right away. Who knows? But you know, it's still just some uncertainty with that. Um, my number three, one was Jacob Eason. Uh, I, I just loved the value of where you got Jacob Eason when you got him in the fourth round. When most people were saying this guy's going to be a second round draft pick, you basically got him for a steal in the fourth round. I mean, it's incredible that he was able to slip that far and land in a position because even if you don't believe he's going to be the quarterback, of a year or two years from now, he can potentially be that guy of the future later on when he gets more experience and gets behind a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. So just ultimately where you got Jacob Eason, it just is so good to see Eason in a in a Colts uniform in the fourth round. Uh, Cody, who do you have here as your third guy?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jacob Eason as well. He, I love the value of where you got him. He can make every single throw. Um, I know there's been some questions on his commitment, you know, to football and is he passionate enough and stuff like that. I know there's been questions on that, but uh, for me, yeah, I like where you got him because I feel like the fourth round, you can be okay if he doesn't pan out, you know, he may pan out and it may, you may have gotten your franchise quarterback in the fourth round, a guy who has, you know, second round potential type of guy. Um, but, you know, if it doesn't work out, he can just be your backup. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like no harm, no foul type of guy. I mean, he could be a Marlon Mack or he could be a Zach Banner type of thing. You know, hopefully he's more of Marlon Mack than Zach Banner, obviously. But I like the, the, where you got him here in the fourth round, because, you know, you don't have beyond Jacob Eason Now I mean, before Jacob Eason was drafted, you didn't have any quarterback under contract past this year. And I think that's important as well. Um, especially, you know, Frank Reich also talked about, he thinks Philip Rivers could potentially play multiple years, which I think will be so valuable for Eason. He won't be drafted and then thrown into the fire in year one, maybe not even year two. So he may have two years to sit behind a hall of fame quarterback who has some, a similar playing style to him and learn how to be a pro, you know, on and off the field, which I think is huge. And also just, yeah, being able to overall, you know, just, just sit there and and just learn and just really soak it all in and not have that pressure on him in year one. So for me, yeah, I like this Jacob Beeson pick, especially in the fourth round. I think it's a fantastic steal potentially that the Colts can get. Um, Now moving on here to our final two, this can be a little bit controversial, um, but I think I'm going to go, honestly, this is, this may be rough for people, but I'm going to go Michael Pittman. Because I think Jonathan Taylor is that good, you know, you can't argue with back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons. And I know Michael Pittman was fantastic in his own right, right? Like, he had over 100 catches. I think he dropped, like, five or six passes his entire career at USC, which is absolutely incredible. But I feel like Jonathan Taylor is going to take this Colts running attack to another level. I just feel like, you know, this Colts team had the seventh-best rushing team. I think they could honestly have a top-three running attack with Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack, there are fumbling issues, but honestly Tom Rathman has shown his running backs do not put the ball on the turf. They do not, you know? And so I think overall that's super, super exciting, especially with how productive he was in the big 10. I mean, my brother who's a Purdue fan, he was telling me, yeah, when we played the Wisconsin Jonathan Taylor literally scored seven touchdowns on us and he was their entire offense. And he is the reason why we lost that game to Wisconsin. And so just seeing a guy like that, just, you know, we know that running backs can kind of be a little bit expendable now in the league. It's unfortunate, Uh, but now you have a good one, one punch with Marlon Mack and now Jonathan Taylor. I just think it's going to take this Colts offense to a completely new level that they haven't, they haven't sniffed in the running game. I honestly do. Um, So that's why he's my favorite pick. Initially he was, he, you know, on draft day, he might've been one of my least favorite picks. Cause I was like, why would you waste that on a running back in the second round? But after I saw the production of Jonathan Taylor, I was like, you cannot argue with that. He is yep. phenomenal. And the Colts arguably got the best running back in the second round. And I just think that's fantastic. They only gave him a fifth round pick. They got another fifth round pick back later on in the draft. So, you know, it didn't really hurt them that much, but overall, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, I think is my number one. Michael Pittman is my number two. What do you think, Derek?
0: Um I I'm, I'm not going to deny anything you said there. Um with what you said about Jonathan Taylor, I can't dispute those that that's those are facts. I mean that Jonathan Taylor adds another level of uh dominance to that running attack that the Colts have. Um but I'm I'm going to go with Michael Pittman at number 1 and Jonathan Taylor at number 2 just because And the way you can use Pittman in a multitude of ways and at the fact that wide receiver was the most needed position for that and Michael Pittman was that guy. I mean, Frank Reich went as far as to say he might be the best wide receiver in this whole class. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily go that far at the moment, but I mean, you know, when you look at his production and you look at the lack of drops and everything like that. I mean, it does make sense that you could put Michael Pittman up there with those tier of uh, wide receivers that you mentioned outside of, you know, Henry Ruggs and CD lamb and Jerry Judy. I mean, Michael Pittman's name was in there among the tier two level wide receivers of this draft class. So it just the way you can use Pittman in the short passing game, you can use, Pittman in the red zone because of his size and his ability to catch the ball over top to make contested catches. It's just how smart he is, how he plays the game. I just think is going to make a bigger impact right away on Phillip rivers. But you know, like you said, it's you can obviously make the assumption with uh, Jonathan Taylor. Certainly. I think the, the Jonathan Taylor pick in round two was the biggest surprise or the biggest shock. I think you could totally agree with that. I mean, if anyone did not watch the live stream of when I was doing day two of the draft, please go check that out and see my reaction. See my brother's reaction. That was one of the funniest things ever. I I did not expect that for the life of me. But, I mean, again, both of them were very solid picks. They're both going to come in right away and contribute to this offense. So that's going to do it for the 2020 Colts draft class. We're going to have one more video after this one. We're going to talk about uh, our top 10 best draft picks of the Chris Ballard era and our top five worst draft picks of the Chris Ballard era. And we'll have that video uh, going after this one. So thank you guys again so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed. And as always, go Colts.